As Paul notes in our epistle today, we begin with saying, I thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because of the faith that is growing more and more, and the love that you have for one another as it is increasing. Amen. Now, while our epistle today graces us, the hearer, with this wonderful welcome of faith and what is going so well, our Old Testament lesson and our gospel lesson immediately produce problems that need to be overcome. Two unique accounts, one of a man and one of a woman, both which have a problem that is dealing with wealth, both which have a problem that need a fresh start in the Lord. That gospel account begins with that story that we've heard a couple different times uh, with Zacchaeus. The text shares of this man who is wealthy. Uh, History would tell us that he's probably a man who is hated. We hear that within the text as well. Because he is a man that is not only a tax collector, but as Pastor Dave mentioned, that small detail, he is the chief tax collector. He is the one that is making a living, living, uh, swindling his fellow neighbors and comrades and being able to take what is not rightfully his directly from them. People don't like this man whatsoever. And he knows that and he has this loss, it would seem, in his heart. His life is about to, to change because he hears of a man who is coming to town by the name of Jesus. He knows that something is not right, and as he seeks this change, he seeks out this person of Christ. But he comes face to face with another problem, as we heard within our children's message, a different barrier that he has. Let's look at the story again from Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 3. Talking about Zacchaeus, it says, he wanted to see who Jesus was. I like that. He didn't want to just see Jesus and watch him walk by or do a trick. He really wants to see who this man is. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Did you hear our Old Testament lesson today? The lesson of a woman who is a a widow, one who is not named, but her trouble seems to center around this concept of wealth also. One who does not have an abundance of wealth, as Zacchaeus does, but she has this lack thereof. From 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Your servant, my husband, is dead, she says, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. We'll bounce around a little bit between these two accounts today. Scenarios that may seem separated because of time, one of being in the Old Testament, one being in the New Testament. Scenarios that are a little bit different on each side, but both of these stories share about sinners who are in need of a debt reduction, if you will. Not just in the case of funds, but in the case of spirituality, that they have this loss in their life. Two different stories that aren't so ununique from mine and from yours. Again, people who are sinners in need of this debt reduction from our Lord. That's the problem in our text 
today in both of these stories. It's the problem in our life today. We hear it over and over again within Scripture. Uh, The prophet Isaiah is pretty clear about that on many accounts. Uh, Hear his words from chapter 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. There it is. It's it's pretty clear. Our sin, our, our debt that we have separating us from the Lord. And while it is true that those sins and those transgressions uh, create this chasm between myself and between my Lord, it is also true that our all-powerful God has the ability and the capability and the wherewithal to be able to solve that problem for us. Again, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 1, we hear, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Because that's who our God is. We don't picture this being as someone who is in heaven separated so far from us that his ear cannot hear our prayers. An individual that is scattered so far away in another galaxy or another realm that he doesn't take time to be able to constantly seek us out. One who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. One who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful. One who is on our side. This is the God that we hear about today. And while Zacchaeus faces this problem of being too short to reach the Lord, the Lord is not hindered in any way from reaching out to him. And while the widow in our text for today is unable to pay her debt, we see that the Lord is listening and happy to respond. He responds in his person of Elisha. From 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2, Elisha responded to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. When you walked in this morning, uh, I hope that our ushers handed you a, a penny when you came in and that you have that with you now. I was hoping this might help out our, our church attendance this morning because when you go home today and your neighbor asks you, how was, how was church today? You can say, great, they just gave me money as soon as I walked in. No, really, there's a purpose for that, that little penny. It doesn't seem like much, does it? You can't really purchase hardly anything with it. It costs more to to make a penny than it's actually worth. Most people would rather throw it into a fountain on a fictitious wish than even put it in their pocket or within their purse or even try to save it for anything. Owning a penny really feels like owning nothing. You can't do much with it. You can almost hear that attitude in the widow's voice today. Elisha asks her, what do you have in your house? Nothing, nothing at all, except for this little jar of olive oil. And you can't do much with this. Have you ever thought like that before? Do you ever approach God like that? God, all I have is, is this, and I don't think we can do much with this. But does he ever show up and challenge us on that or change our mind? Look how our story continues from 2 Kings 4, back at verse 3. Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. 
Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. You know, when I was first brought here to shepherd as the director of youth ministry, I remember a game I had some of the children do one night. It was the high school youth group we had gathered here, and I sent them out on a scavenger hunt. Uh, When they first came and joined us for youth group, I broke them up into groups of about five or six, and I gave every single group one penny. That was it. They got one penny. And they were instructed to go into the houses in our surrounding neighborhood here and to do something that was called a bigger or better scavenger hunt. They had to take that penny, knock on the doors of strangers, tell them they were from the youth group here, and then ask what they would trade for that penny that was bigger or better. And then whatever that item was, take it to the next home. And what could they trade it for bigger or better? And the next home, and bigger or better. Our students were completely skeptical, and myself a little bit too, but I didn't have to go out in the neighborhood. So I sent them out, and within about 45 minutes, I got a phone call. Jeremy, yes? We need your truck. (laughs) Why? We just traded up for a big screen TV for the youth group. And sure enough, we went, we picked it up, we brought it here, and we used that thing for about three years. It was, it was great. But imagine that, being able to trade a small penny for one thing, and the next, and the next, and the next, until we finally had a big screen TV. Those kids were, were skeptical about what you could do with a penny. After all, it, it isn't much to work with now, is it? In our text, it would seem like we also don't have much to work with. At least God doesn't. Uh, He has this little tiny jar of olive oil. And he sends the neighborhood uh, kids, if you will, these boys, out to the other neighbors to find all these empty jars. I wonder if they were skeptical at first. After all, what could you do with just that single small jar of olive oil? They collect all these empty jars as we heard, and as they bring them back, they begin to fill them up one after another after another until every jar is filled, their debt can be paid, and more importantly, their freedom is restored. What a unique plan that God had in store for this family. One that just seems uh, outlandish. It doesn't seem like it could possibly be true, but this is the plan that is fulfilled by the Lord. Those people must have doubted at some point. I gotta go to my neighbors and ask for all their empty jars to bring back here. I'm supposed to pour this one little jar into all these others until they're all filled. How is this going to work? Uh, They must have had some doubt. Have you ever doubted the Lord with what He has provided you? Maybe I should rephrase that question this morning. When was the last time uh, you doubted the Lord? with what he's provided you. Something that we may look at and think, uh, you know, this is just uh, too little. Uh, You know, there's no way we can get over this. There's not enough time. Uh, There's not enough wealth. There's not enough you fill in the blank to be able to provide fulfillment, to be able to provide for what I really need. But God thinks so differently than we do. He acts so differently than each of us do. 
Scripture is very clear about that. Don't just take my word from it. Again, from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8, the Lord himself tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It is easy for us to doubt the ways of the Lord, to question how he could work and act in a people like us that is uh, so flawed at times and, and lacking. But remember, these are the actions of our God. This is him creating these things. Look how the faithfulness comes to the aid of this family. Imagine the reaction that they had when they received this fresh start in the Lord. It's an amazing miracle that happens. Don't forget about Zacchaeus. God, too, has a plan for him and his life. Let's move back to that story for a minute. Luke chapter 19, back at verse 5. It says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. Look at the expediency of our, of our Savior in this passage. He takes hold of this opportunity that God has, has given to him, that the Lord has provided. Jesus is on this major journey through Jericho, and we see here that this large crowd has gathered. They want to see him perform miracles. They want to hear him teach with that authority that he speaks. Yet all take note of this great Christ that at no point drifts from his mission. Everyone can see these great crowds, but it's Jesus who focuses on this one person who needs him. And just as Jesus focuses on this one individual today, as he focuses on Zacchaeus, today he seeks out uh, each and every one of you as his disciples. Not you and your, your family, not just you and your, your children, not just you and your, your spouse. He seeks just you out by name. Just as he comes after Zacchaeus today, he comes after each and every one of us this morning. Do we hear the words of his calling? Sometimes we think we are looking for our God when it's really our God who is coming to look for us. Hear those words from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. He chooses us, and he chooses us for a, a specific purpose, to create fruit that will last, to be able to go out and share to ask for these opportunities in the Father's name. And so I ask you uh, this morning, who is that family member? Who is that neighbor, that coworker, the gal you play bridge with, the guy you watch football with? Who is that person that needs to hear about Jesus? It's easy to, to wait. It is simple to make Excuses. It is a breeze to procrastinate in some form or fashion. But the time will come and is coming in which Jesus will return. And so we are told to take the opportunities that the Lord has given to us and to be like our Savior. 
immediately, to immediately reach out to those who are around us, that we can begin to show them who Christ is and what he is doing, that he has chosen them. How do you do this? How do we do that, uh, we may ask. It's easy for me to, to say that. It's tough for us to be able uh, to do. So maybe we make a note uh, of Christ today in his evangelism efforts. Uh, note what he does with Zacchaeus. He doesn't immediately invite Zacchaeus to go to the synagogue and, and worship with him. He doesn't invite Zacchaeus immediately to come and take a, a tour of, of the, the temple or to be able to perform a sacrifice somewhere for his sins. Jesus invites himself to the house of Zacchaeus, a, a place that is familiar to him, a place that is non-threatening, a place where this relationship can begin, that he can begin reaching out to this man. You see, Christians... Uh, for the most part, are not formed here on Sunday morning. Most of us here today would say we are a, a follower, a believer in Christ, that we are a Christian. This is the place where we gather as disciples to be trained, to be empowered, to worship our Lord, to have fellowship together, and to be empowered by our Lord to go out into the world and to be able to share of this God that has come for all of us. Because that's where Christians are formed. Out in the world, in, in real life, in restaurants, on soccer fields, in people's homes. And maybe we're not inviting ourselves into the home of others, but I bet your neighbors would love to come and see your home one day. Show them the remodel you've done in the bathroom. Show them what happened with the monsoon storm in your, your, your backyard. Invite them over and start that relationship in some way so that you can be able to have a connection point with them to be able to share this love of Christ. You must come to my house today. I have an opportunity that I need to share with you. What are those opportunities that God is giving to us? The story continues, Luke 19, verse 7. All the people saw this and began to, to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. I saw a letter that was written to the IRS uh, that simply read, Enclosed, you will find $100 in cash. I have cheated on my income tax return from last year and have not been able to sleep ever since. If I still have trouble sleeping, I will send you the rest. <laughs> when we look at this story of Zacchaeus today, and he makes this uh, proclamation, some people might think uh, he's doing it out of guilt. He's doing it because the, the Lord knew who had all the money in the town. The Lord knew uh, Zacchaeus would be one to literally shake down, right, and get him to do this. And so maybe out of guilt, Zacchaeus just threw those things out. Lord, uh, I'm going to give half my possessions uh, to the poor. I don't know. I don't see the look on Jesus' face looking so good. Uh, how about I pay four, back, uh, four times back what I, what I owe for the people I've cheated? 
I don't see that in, in this, this man today. While it is true that the laws that God gives to us, in this case, the law of stealing being one, is made to be able to, to break us and to wear us down and to show us our need for a Savior, that we are sinners. We need a Savior. That's the problem in our text today. It is also true that the gospel message of being chosen by our Lord motivates us. That's what I see in this big shout from this little man today. I see motivation, a change that has happened both to him and a change that has happened in him as Zacchaeus discovers that he has been chosen by the Lord. When we come to a full knowledge of what God has provided for us and, and in us and through us, we too are changed. It changes the way that we look at the world. It changes the way that we, the way that we act, the way that we speak. We hear that over and over again in Scripture. From King Solomon, the wisest man to ever have walked this earth, to be able to say when he sees the, what the Lord has given to him, what the Lord provides, he recognizes that everything else is meaningless. Everything under the sun, meaningless, meaningless, he says. Last week in the epistle text that we have, the Apostle Paul, when he recognizes what God has provided for him in his life, he says all other things are rubbish. They are garbage, he says, that we should be focused on this one main priority. Because in receiving the call of Jesus, God has presented Zacchaeus with the gift also of forgiveness and of freedom. The same gift that he gives to me and to you today. And so I hope all of us here today are motivated by these intertwined texts that we have confidence that our Lord has chosen us and gives us that gospel message today. Let's hear it one more time. Luke chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. Jesus said to him, let's read this again together today. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Three texts we look at today. All which raise the importance of faith in our life. Two scriptural accounts, our gospel and our Old Testament text, that highlight this payment of a debt that has been made on behalf of these people. And one unified story that tells of a God that provides for all of us hearing these things today. And so today we too celebrate in this message because salvation has come unto our house that we have been chosen to be sons and to be daughters of the Most High. So take that penny with you today. Maybe feel it in your pocket later today and you remember our message. Maybe you go to the car wash this afternoon and you see that little container next to the cashier. Take a penny leave a penny. Maybe your daughter or grandson is focused on something on the ground and you see that they are picking up a piece of spare change that somebody has cast off or that somebody has dropped. And maybe at that point we remember what God has provided for us. These little things that can be so impactful that he can grow and that he can strengthen in any way that he sees possible. That he has chosen us to be that special piece that he would leave behind everything just to seek you out. 
That's the message that our friends and our relatives need to hear. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for paying a debt that we simply uh, just could not, Lord. So we ask that you make us mindful of this provision uh, through your sacrament of communion that we participated in today, that you will grant us the willingness to share of our time, our talents, our treasures, and our testimony in ways that glorify you and serve in growing your kingdom. In the Son of Man's name we pray today. Amen.